We've already had uh, a clip from uh, one Disney film, and in many ways the story of uh, Job has all the ingredients of a, of a Disney classic. If you've seen uh, one Disney film, in some sense you've seen them all. Uh, Disney have made mega books out of telling such stories. A happy family scene is spoilt by some tragedy, the loss of a parent. At an early age in the story of Cinderella, there's always baddies who aim to make the person's life a misery or even destroy the person's life, the wicked witch in Snow White. There's normally some sort of journey involved when the hero of the story manages to survive all sorts of dangers like being swallowed by a whale, Pinocchio. And of course, at the end of the day, good wins out over evil. And the story ends with a happy ending, which usually involves a marriage or a family union, as in the Jungle Book, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and countless others. It strikes me that the story of Job um, would make a good Disney film. Uh, it also opens with a fa happy family scene, where Job is described as the perfect man. Then tragedy strikes and Job loses his children, his health and his wealth. There's plenty of baddies in the story, the, uh, the Satan character, uh, the friends that turn up. Job then goes off on a, on a spiritual journey, surviving all sorts of uh, attacks on his faith by the three friends. And then there's the happy ending to the story. And he forgives his three friends and he's blessed with uh, more children, countless sheep and camels and donkeys. And they all live happily ever after. And so, we enter the final chapter in the story of Job. We're in the eye of the storm in Job 42. And we recognise, first of all, that the end is in sight. The end is in sight. Job says, I know that you can do all things, no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is it that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. Things... I did not understand. I don't know, do we ever think, speak of things that we don't understand? Do we ever uh, have that experience that Job had here in Job 42? When he realises that he was speaking about things too wonderful for him to know. Are the things so wonderful that we can't possibly know them? first uh, storm warning sign uh, I read about a pastor who said this my problem was that I thought I had God all figured out I limited God to my understanding God believed what I believe pastor goes on to say that he decided that he needed a God that I can't understand that means that God can do things that I may not agree with or like. He can allow things to happen that I will never understand. He can accept people that I will never accept. He's God and I'm not. He's God and I'm not. Jesus came and was misunderstood by the religious people of the day. They didn't like the fact that he associated 
with sinners and outcasts and the religious people today argued with him because their understanding wasn't the same as his. And Job in the final chapter um, after he's listened to the speeches of Yahweh he suddenly realises he has this moment of revelation where he comes to the conclusion that he was speaking about things that he didn't really understand there were things in this universe that were far too marvellous and wonderful for him to know Roger Olson in his book Questions to All Your Answers says this clearly even though God is infinitely greater than our capacity for understanding he wants us to try our best to understand him through his word and he has given us minds that are part of the image of God in us Job doesn't only have a spiritual experience he has a, an understanding in his mind that he's listened to what God has said and he has that realisation that he is a man and that God is God and so often we make that mistake don't we we put ourselves in the place of God and we perhaps identify with that pastor who believes that God believes what I believe and uh, we're so confident in, in, in the fact that we believe in the same things that God believes in and sometimes we can get ourselves a little bit out of step or out of tune with God and put ourselves in a place where God thinks the same as us Job comes to a very different place and the end is in sight not only because uh, we're reaching the end of the story but because Job says that you said listen now and I will speak I will question you and you will answer me and of course that's how God opened his speech Job and the three friends have been asking all these questions and trying to answer them and God says I've got some questions and you will answer me another storm warning you know sometimes there are more questions than answers sometimes we don't get answers to our questions sometimes we don't get the answers we want to our questions you said listen now and I will speak I will question you and you shall answer me and then Job says my ears have heard of you but now my eyes have seen you my eyes have seen you the end is in sight because Job actually sees God and his response do you remember all through the, the conversations that Job had been having with the three friends the three friends had told Job that what he needed to do was repent because of some terrible sin in his life and Job said well I can't do that because um, I don't feel that I've committed any terrible sin and anything that I have I've already asked for forgiveness for because right at the beginning of the story in chapter 1 we read that it was Job's custom that on a daily basis he offered sacrifices to God not just for his own sin but in case anyone in his family had sinned so he couldn't come to that place of asking for forgiveness because he did it on a daily basis but when he comes into the presence of God and when he sees God he says this therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes not because he's a terrible sinner but because in the presence of God he recognises his place 
and he can't do anything but fall on his knees and repent in dust and ashes the end is in sight because the end is when we see God face to face and somehow things make sense even when from a human perspective we're still in the dark the fact that Job sees God is enough Charles Swindle says this do you know what Job finally sees Job sees God and that is enough he doesn't see answers he's in a place where he doesn't need answers he's gotten a glimpse of the almighty and that is sufficient and there's something about this because Job at the opening of chapter 42 his situation hasn't changed he hasn't yet been restored he's still lost everything he's still got the sores and he's still suffering and yet he sees God and somehow that makes all the difference he discovers that God is there in the midst of his suffering and he repents and he falls on his knees so the end is in sight it's about actually seeing God in the midst of our pain and our suffering and then the end justifies the means you might not like this you know we don't like everything that's written in the Bible um, most of it is good news but some of it causes us problems and uh, normally when someone says the end justifies the means they mean that the means are a little bit iffy or somehow somebody's going to break the rules or break the laws uh, to get to the end and the, the end justifies breaking the rules or the, or the thing that you're going to do and uh, we might question what God does in the book of Job and Job certainly does and uh, in a sense gives us the right to question God here's an example of someone that questions God and God says that's okay but the end does justify the means because as far as God is concerned there was something happening in the heavenly realm that Job and the three friends never discover we know what was going on again we might not be happy about what was going on in the heavenly council but we know that there was a battle going on and that the suggestion had been made that God's number one servants the man that was innocent the man that lived a life in fear of God didn't serve God for any other reason and so the end justifies the means the end justifies the means perhaps we would prefer, we would prefer to say uh, the end justifies Job that in the end Job is justified because just as God said at the beginning have you considered my servant Job there's no one else like him in all the, in all the lands um, he's a man that shuns evil and fears the Lord at the end of the story once again God bigs up Job and says my servant Job 
you haven't spoken what is right as my servant Job has and time after time in, the, in those verses God refers to Job as my servant which kind of rings bells to us don't we we've got this picture of God's servant who suffers um, who suffers for no good reason other than the fact that it serves some purpose of God and we can't help thinking of another servant who suffered um, and the people didn't understand it and yet his suffering brought about our life in Jesus so here we have uh, the end justifies Job and the friends uh, have to make these sacrifices and they go to Job and Job prays for them my servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly so here Job does something uh, he prays for the friends and again it's a Christ like thing that Job is doing remember we, we talked about uh, that Job as, as a picture as a forerunner of Jesus not only is, an in, is he an innocent man that suffers he's an innocent man that suffers that can bring about the redemption of the people that are in the wrong I will not treat, deal with you according to your folly once again we see the grace of God because Job prays for them so Eliphite and Bildad and Zophar did what the Lord told them and the Lord accepts Job's prayer so the end justifies the means and then we come to the end of the storm and the end of the story the end of the storm and the end of the story the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before it gives it the Disney ending and they all lived happily ever afterwards Charles Swindle says since our earliest years we've been fascinated by stories these stories always started the same way once upon a time when we were off into the lands of kings and queens princes and knights good and evil and after all the twists and turns wrong is defeated goodness prevails and peace returns and the same six words announce the ending we children loved to read and they lived happily ever after now some people um, don't like the ending of the story of Job some people feel that the happy ending somehow spoils the story H. H. Rowley says this the epilogue has been held by many to mar the book but he says the epilogue is demanded by the artistry of the book and without it the work would be seriously incomplete the restoration of Job's prosperity was not a reward for his piety but the indication that the trial was over it's important that we understand that it isn't that at the end of the story the three friends were right do you remember that they were saying that God blesses those who are righteous and curses those who are sinners um, the rewards that God gives Job is because the test is over and whilst we might have misgivings about God and while we might have misgivings about the nature of the test and uh, the deal that was struck in the heavenly courts 
we may well have questions about that but we would have even more serious questions if when God's servant went through the trial and was victorious that God didn't restore him to the place he was at the beginning of the story in the beginning of the story Job was a prosperous man he had 500 sheep and camels and oxen and donkeys and so the happy ending at the end of the story is an important part because it tells us that God in his grace blesses Job not because he's a righteous servant but because God can and God does you see we're the people who believe in the happily ever after aren't we we actually believe in stories with happy endings we heard some this morning from the Bible and uh, we are a people that believed in the fact that they lived happily ever after because when Jesus the innocent sufferer came and died he rose again giving us the hope of resurrection the hope of everlasting life so that even if our story in this life doesn't have a happy ending and we have to recognize you see in Job there was no belief in the afterlife there wasn't an afterlife as far as they was concerned the theology wasn't that far developed uh, if it wasn't put right in this life that was it uh, we have an even greater hope because we know that one day we will stand before God just like Job and that our eyes will be opened and we will see things too marvellous and wonderful for us to understand and we will live, will live forever in eternity with God our story will have a happy ending not everybody gets it but the promise is eternity so the end of the storm we come to the end of the story Job has passed his test Charles Swindle says our journey with Job has come to an end but our friendship will continue a lifetime Job dies an old man full of years he truly came to know the living God not in spite of his pain but because of it the pain drove him to his knees where he surrendered himself before his God in complete trust he rested in him after this Job lived 140 years he saw his children and their children to the fourth generation and so he died old and full of years the end oh yes and of course they all lived happily ever after as we reflect on the story of Job let's remember when we go through the storms of life when we face the mystery of not understanding let's remember that God is for us and not against us that God has sent his only son into the world let's look beyond the mystery let's look beyond the grave and let's see the glory of the risen Lord